amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Welcome to the future where the glass is half full and you'll need new glasses, where you'll be jumping from conclusions. The past is a no, and a new future is born. Never before in history has so much meant so little to so many. AD on the radio. So it's all, all gathering information on you. It's all gathering data on you. And you know this, but you don't really know this, know this. Meaning, you're aware of it, but you haven't given it that much thought. The implications haven't really hit you until perhaps pretty recently. But it's all gathering data. Your phone, your TV, your internet connections, your smart speaker, your car insurance tracker, your low jack, your thermostat, your security system, your kitchen appliances... It's all harvesting information about you. What do you do? What do you buy? What kind of adult entertainment do you choose to watch? How much money do you spend on dog food? What kind of dog food? What kind of cat litter? What do your pets like to use? And then all of this. It's using, it's utilizing, or it's passing on that data, that information that is harvested from you to try in some way, shape, or form to make money. And you know this, but you don't know it in your bones, if that makes sense. Because we all realize this is happening on a conscious level or a subconscious level. But I guess that's what's going on right now. You, me, all of us, we're all looking around going, oh, snap. What's going on with Facebook is the first big real world example of that this is the first digital flock of pigeons coming home to roost here's the thing here's the thing with everything else with everything else that we do online with the usage of our google phones with the usage of our smart speakers whether they be amazon alexa or google or what we kind of don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy i mean we should But we don't really. And we sort of know that. We know. We know we have these conversations about a type of food we like. And then all of a sudden in the margins of our Facebook feed, there's eBay going, hey, I want to bid on this selection of your favorite candy bars. Hmm. We just had this conversation about this. I guess my phone's listening to me. Am I going to turn it off? Am I going to throw it away? I'm going to smash it into a million pieces. I'm going to go to the Internet and try and get every last piece of evidence about what I like to do, shop and wear. Scrubbed from digital existence. Now I'm just kind of going to go on with my life and I'll click. That is a good deal on these candy bars. <laughs> this is what happens to me. And you know what? I'm sort of okay with that. If it's going to harvest data from me and help me get sweet, sweet savings on the kind of dog food millhouse likes. I'm sort of in my heart. Okay with that. Cause I got nothing to hide. You can know what kind of porn I watch. You can know how I shop. And I think we all sort of feel that way. 
we all feel like we don't really have a reasonable expectation of privacy anymore. We used to try and defend it, but now we've invited data harvesting machines into our home and we feed them over and over again, hoping that they're going to accurately predict what we want to watch on television. That's with everything else. We don't have that expectation of privacy, but with Facebook, with Facebook, we do. For some reason, we do. I mean, well, not for some reason, because of the user agreement. But with Facebook, we have a reasonable expectation of privacy. And now the big question is, the question that the business world is asking you and themselves as stock plummets, as Zuckerberg sells off Facebook stock at a rate that's never been seen before by any owner of a company in a history of business. The question that the business world is asking themselves, and you're asking yourself, and now the business world is asking you, is can you trust Facebook? Because in the wake of this privacy scandal that many people feel could have affected the fate of the world, a privacy scandal involving a Trump-connected data mining firm, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has done something very rare. He's talked. Usually when he speaks, it's on his terms. He comes out of hiding to talk about the things that he wants to talk about. But now, for pretty much the first time ever in the history of his career, in the history of Facebook, he's got some questions to answer. And so far, so far, the world is in no way, shape, or form sure of his answers. So did you watch the Facebook interview, Klonkhauser? Was this a thing for you? Did you check it out? Did you see what was going on? Did you hear Mark Zuckerberg speak? No, no. He never speaks. It it just because he's faking all of his human emotions. You know, isn't he a robot from another planet? That's why you can't hear any recordings of him online because it's always just static. It doesn't work together because he's a robot. Why? What do you say? I appeal to you humans. I understand your emotions being the fellow human that I am. I promise to fix this, quote, major breach of trust. I did hear that word. I too have major breach of trust. Go on. What would Zuckerberg say? I also, like you, have sweat glands. And I sweat out of my armpit region when I am stressed. I uh, appeal yeah. to you humans. Yesterday, Zuckerberg, who... And I like know we all saying, your middle names. <laughs> like we were saying, is generally a reclusive inter- uh, individual. 
doesn't really answer questions. Zuckerberg doesn't answer questions. Facebook doesn't answer questions. Facebook talks at you about things that Facebook wants to talk at you about. There is no answering of questions. There is no accountability. They do what the hell they want when the hell they want to do it. So it was an interesting change in the balance of power when Facebook are addressing the public that we witnessed on Wednesday. Zuckerberg sat for an interview, which basically amounted to, amounted to questioning. And he also did an interview with, I think, Wired? Was it Wired? And basically what he was doing, in case you haven't been following this, was he was trying to address reports that Cambridge and Analytica took the data of more than 50 million Facebook users and use this to help sway elections. The idea being that the Trump campaign paid the firm millions of dollars during the election to try and identify people that were on the fence. And we've heard talk of this in the past and people are like, you don't understand what Trump did. This is how Trump won the way he won. And, And it's interesting because the way in which he won the election completely supports this theory. It was the tip of the iceberg that pushed him over. It was, well, Donald Trump managed to appeal to the very poor. He managed to appeal to ethnic minorities. He managed to appeal to a lot of folks that Republicans traditionally haven't been able to reach. And the theory goes, he did this by using some sort of Facebook magic, we heard back in the day, around the time of the election, to identify undecided voters and target them with Facebook ads that made them feel like they were being spoken to, like they were being cared for, like their needs were going to be seen to should Donald Trump become president of these United States of America, the leader of the free world. That was the mumbo jumbo to all of us at the time. And it seems like this is pretty much in line with what they're talking about. The Trump campaign paid Cambridge Analytica $6 million during the 2016 election. It's distanced itself, distanced itself from Cambridge, but the check was written and apparently it was that data that they used to identify these people that were on the fence and go like, seriously, uh, you haven't made up your mind yet? Well, we're going to spend all of our campaign money online talking to you and making you feel appreciated, cared for, and like you should vote for us. By the way, the same service was offered to the Clinton campaign and they passed. They're like, ah, Seems silly to us. We're just going to, you know, not go to the cities where we should go. We're just going to hang out at home. We're going to stand for election as opposed to run for election. And we're not going to invest $6 million in this weird facety book thing. Get off my lawn. Stop listening to the hippity mahop music. No more Snoop, Snoopy dog talk. They did not embrace the new age of digitally running for president. But the Trump campaign did. And Zuckerberg has said this accounts to a major breach of trust. Major breach of trust. He said, I really am sorry that happened. He said, Facebook has a responsibility to protect its users' data. And he said that if it fails, we don't deserve to have the opportunity to serve people. Which sounds like he's talking about the end of Facebook. But of course he's not. Facebook will always be there. Now, Facebook shares have dropped like 8%. The value of the company has dropped $46 billion. Now, in no way, shape, or form am I any kind of financial expert, and you should not take this as advice in terms of what stock to buy. But I know, just as an experiment, just as a private bet with myself, I'm going to be buying some Facebook stock because it's too big. The world revolves around it. 
it built a world that depends on it. It is such an intrinsic part of our ecosystem that it will always be around. And if it doesn't completely rebound, the stock price will go back up. I think that that's my guess. It will always be there. People are saying this is the end. Everybody's deleting Facebook. Here's the thing. If Facebook started out, if Facebook started out saying there's a party, this is a party, which is what it was. It was a college networking thing, but there's this party to get in. You got to give us this information. And you know, we don't really know what's going on with this information in much the same way that our smart speaker is now going to cater to the things that we want to buy and give us deep, deep discounts on cat litter, whatever the hell it is that's on our shopping list that we didn't realize was on our shopping list. But all of a sudden we figure out that our smart speaker is talking to our fridge and our closet and all of the above. If people had said, we're going to be using your data um, and we're going to be talking to other people without, you know, giving too much away, but people are going to know about your activities. But if you give us this information, you're going to get into the party. Everyone's going to that party. So Facebook will still be around. What's going to wind up happening is people go, ah, I guess we don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy. And therein, my friend, lies a slippery slope and us heading down it at a rapid rate. For more stimulation and less irritation, 9 out of 10 doctors choose KPRC AM 950. Houston's more stimulating talk radio. Don't get the blues, get all the news. We mean all of you. Sky's out there in Radio Land. All aboard! He's back. AD on the radio. Give it up, yeah. By the way, if you caught any of Zuckerberg on CNN, it's easy to get confused on this because it's not something he's used to doing and it's not something we've seen him do. So we're not used to him doing it. But that that was Zuckerberg apologizing. I know. I guess that's what I have remorse for my actions and I relate to you humans. I guess that's what it's like to apologize when you're like a gazillionaire. Like, uh, I guess, the, I guess the right thing to do is be say it's, would be to say I'm I'm sorry. Here's the thing: he didn't really acknowledge the harm or potential harm to the users affected. Now, what happened with this data? The data was used, like I said, to help Donald Trump win an election, but. The implication goes a lot deeper than that because the data was unscrupulously obtained. Zuckerberg has said over and over again that this data was given to a professor. This data was given to a professor for educational purposes only. This was for the intellectual stimulation and enrichment of the world. But somehow the data wound up in the hands of this data harvesting firm that wound up selling that data to Donald Trump and helping him target undecided voters on Facebook. So therein lies the big rub, the fact that they gave their data and then weren't aware what was being done with it after the giving of said data. (laughs) So that's where it gets scary. Oh, yeah, this is totally for educational purposes, is it? That didn't seem educational. Oh, man. So there you go. 
Zuckerberg said he would be happy to testify before Congress, but only if it was the right thing to do. I don't know if you're... uh, Only if it is the human thing to do. I mean, the whole thing is like, that's, that's basically him going like, oh man, I am so rich and I'm so powerful. You're not hauling me up in front of anything. I am going to do it if it's the right thing to do. Who decides if it's the right thing for for me to do? Well, that would be me. me. Zuckerberg. <laughs> so there you go. But like, yeah, whatever. I'm still going to wear a black t-shirt. Yeah. Did he wear a hoodie to the, to the thing that, you know, know, like when he was on CNN? I don't know. I'm just a laid back every day. I am wearing the most trendable attire to relate to you humans. What's interesting is he said, like, maybe we should be regulated. (laughs) Maybe we should be regulated. I don't know. That's what Dr. Evil would say. Oh, yes, maybe you're right. Or you might be onto something. Well, I mean, look, here's the thing. If you've got money... If you've got money to the tune You're of what blocked. Facebook has in their po- pocket, um, you are absolutely 100 million percent able to decide exactly how that regulation is going to go. Don't kid yourself. If you're able to put money in the pockets of the right people, regulations, note the sarcastic air quotes around the word, are, well, a different type of regulations than you and I start. You and I will experience when we start out with our local lemonade stand or shoe shine business or when we start mowing lawns or whatever the hell it is we start to do when we get is up the Is that on your entrepreneurial list money, over there? <laughs> uh, man, I would love to run a lemonade stand. I love lemonade. I love making people happy. What could be easier than that? You give people a cup of lemonade, they drink it. They, they, well, uh, I guess shoe shining would be a little easier, but by a small really margin. I don't know. I I don't know if I want to deal with people's feet, but whatever the case may be, should we decide to start a lemonade stand or a shoe shine business or, okay, what's something I've actually done? Open up a store or have a t-shirt company. Should we decide to do? Oh, I had a store. It was a cool store. It sold stuff. What what kind of stuff? Uh, Well, a lot of the stuff that I sold was, um, a lot of the stuff that I sold was the t-shirts that I made. It was part of my t-shirt company. It was good. It was written up in people magazine. It did, did sort of okay. Uh, was had, it, did you have black t-shirts? Uh, you, you know what we got? Um, we had a line of t-shirts and this is an interesting business, uh, experience for a lot of folks. We had a line of t-shirts that basically involved, you might've noticed occasionally I'm okay with a turn of phrase. I came up with a bunch of clever slogans that went on t-shirts and paid somebody to write them all up. Now, these clever slogans weren't necessarily clever enough to be completely unique, but the idea of putting these things on, like like a lot of kids' clothes, my, my dad's tattoos are more badass than your dad's tattoos, things of that nature. And boy, did they sell this well. This was uh, pre-Twitter, right? This Currently, you'd do this on Twitter, but back then you needed to do it on a T-shirt. Well, I mean, this, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I conned on to with kids. People didn't want to spend money on kids' clothes because they're too big. Like, and, and it's horrible. If I had a child, I would do absolutely everything for that child. I would put myself second in everything. But what I realized nine times out of ten is when people with kids came into a store and they saw adult clothes and they saw kids' clothes. I mean, look, granted, kids are going to fall down. Grass stains are going to grow out of this stuff much quicker. But parents I saw were way more willing to spend money on themselves than they were their children. So I was like, what if I make the kids t-shirt 
a walking advertisement for how cool the parent or the uncle or whatever it is. What if I stroke the ego of the parental figure in this with a t-shirt slogan that makes them look really super cool. And those things freaking flew off the shelf, did really well with it. And then I uh, walked into CVS um, uh, a couple months later and saw all my t-shirt designs on sale at CVS because they, they doctored them just enough to get away with it. It's really hard to copyright a font. It's really hard to copyright. You got ripped off by CVS? I got, I got ripped off by CVS. Oh yeah, it was, to be fair, it could have been Walgreens. I don't remember. So like, I'm not going after CVS. How long was the receipt? That's whatever, the, the whatever the hell the drugstore was down the street. I was like, what the hell is this? And so it was, uh, it was an interesting, it was an interesting business move. Um, and it was an interesting business lesson. I learned a lesson. I had some fun and you know, I also realized that ultimately the t-shirt game wasn't something I wanted to get into, but I was faced with all of these different regulations. That should I was be a t-shirt these, in itself. The t-shirt business is not a game that you want to get into. <laughs> yeah. That probably would sell pretty well at trade shows. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. The regulations that your average everyday startup faces when trying to get moving and off the ground are entirely different than what a Facebook faces. And, you know, this is the same with Exxon Valdez. You know, when you have money, you are able to line the pockets of the people that write the regulation policy and Bazinga, all of a sudden you're playing a very different game at a very different level. So everyone's getting all excited saying like, oh, Facebook are offering for the government to regulate them. Like, sure they are. This is basically just going to wind up. Did you reference Exxon Valdez because you're old or because it's going to crash and burn like Uh, Because it was the crash and burn metaphor. All right. But that was lost on the millennials. That was Exxon Valdez. Don't they? I think so. Let's, let's what year uh, did Exxon Valdez happen? Man, that's a deep dive. That was probably the the, the er, mid nineties. I think. I don't know. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, people that uh, hold on, people that listen to Pearl Jam know about Exxon Valdez. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, now, uh, now, I gotta know. It's a good name for a dog or a pet. You know. Nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah. See, that's. Yeah. 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 Showing Anyways. your age over there. Well, hey, I am a I am a student and a resident of history. And here's the thing: whether you are you know, Facebook or whether you are a little upstart T-shirt company, the fact remains the same. If you got a giant pile of cash, the rules and the the rules by which you play and the playing field will not be in any way, shape, or form level. So uh, this idea that Facebook's offering itself up to be regulated, (laughs) what Facebook is offering themselves up to have done is get their tentacles deeper into government than they already are. This is just what you will, Mr. Powers. uh, I will be fine. uh, Yeah, uh, this is this is basically saying regulate us is saying allow us to get deeper into your process. So. It's interesting times. I still have one million likes. Zuckerberg and Facebook have given us the first glimpse of what the real real world effects of big companies harvesting your big data looks like. So from here on in, you, me, all of us, we are no longer allowed to act surprised. All right, Funkhauser, let's do a little news, shall we? 
This is My Witness News. In no way, shape, or form, fair, and certainly not balanced. And now, super producer to the stars, Barry Funkhauser. Barry Funkhauser. Funkhauser. Me. Barry Funkhauser. I thought since uh, you you may have missed me, it's been a minute since I've been around, so I wanted uh, Shadow to say my name like 12 times. Um, but before we do the news, <laughs> did, you, did you hear the woman who called 911 to ask if dinosaurs were real? Come on. No. no wait. Did it, Do you have audio? Come on. I think. Do you have an emergency going on? Because I'm going to ask a dumb question and I want to hold you to something that different. No, ma'am. You're okay. Go ahead. Um, what's this about dinosaurs coming to Eloy today? Yeah, I don't. I'm not usually on day shift. I'm usually on night shift, so I have no idea. But let me uh, let me look it up on Facebook for you. I'm <laughs> like, there's no way it could be live dinosaurs. We're not in the no, year. No, it's not like. No, it's not. Well, really? There's no way it could be live dinosaurs? Hold on a second. Because I work the day shift, usually. I work the day shift. I'm not sure. I don't know if dinosaurs show up at night or not. Uh, Well, no, I mean, to be fair to the 911 operator, she was like, I don't know about this dinosaur event of which you speak. I don't think she was playing into the notion that they might be real. Just so you know, there was a dinosaur event for kids in Eloy, Arizona last Friday. And this woman called 911 to ask if the dinosaurs were real. Let's uh, let's let's hear that. Let's hear that. Hear how this ends. Real, I think it's, they're made to like look real. Yeah, they must be the the. I thought I was gonna say the election. Okay, it's called it's thing. called Day of the Dinosaurs, bringing the past to the present with Dino Crew Entertainment, and it's today okay. from twelve to three at, at Main Street Park. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Okay, I don't think they'd be live ones. My brother's so geeky, I swear. <laughs> I'm dumb to think that it might be. <laughs> well, I think they make okay, them look that you. way, but they're not actual yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Uh, that's our that's our federal tax I, uh, dollars. I well was spent. in Eloy, Arizona, uh, when we went on that trip. Like we did. Oh a yeah. Trip up there. Yeah. So I now understand question. Completely. My, my, I was gonna say my question for you: Does the existence of that surprise, having been through Eloy, Arizona, uh, does the existence of that call, having been through Eloy, Arizona, surprise you? You know, man, it's just really hot there. So. <laughs> There comes a temperature where just nothing's impossible. Nothing surprises you. I guess you could be, you know, in an in in a, an incredibly hot, deserty situation like that. You might run into larger reptiles every now and then. And no, I'm, no, no. There's, I'm sorry. There's absolutely no excuse for this. I can't believe the taxpayer money is spent on this. A woman asking if dinosaurs are real and a 911 operator spending our hard-earned tax dollars by going to Facebook and looking it up to confirm that these dinosaurs are in no way, shape, or form real. Well, it shows you how busy they are there in Eloy at the uh, 911 office. No, it's okay, ma'am. Let me just look it up on... Oh, no, actually, it's an event. Would you like me to invite you to it on Facebook? <sighs> we already have your information and your middle name. News, please. Uh, the Backstreet Boys are starting their own restaurant called Backstreet Barbecue. You know, I love delicious smoked meat. I have a 
big passion for barbecue. I like to eat as much barbecue as I possibly can. Whenever it's in front of me, I will consume it and consume it until I can no longer consume any more barbecue. I love barbecue, but I don't think, I don't think just based on the type of music that they made, I don't think I could bring myself to eat Backstreet Boys barbecue. Yeah, can I have the tri-tip, but I would like it cooked that could way. The, could I have the tri-frosted tip? <laughs> How would you like that cooked? I would like it that way. I think that's in sync. Or is that Backstreet Boys? I don't know. I, it's, isn't it all the same? I, uh, uh, anyway. Five boys. Yeah, because, you know, when I think quality barbecue, I do think five pretty boys with earrings, frosted tips, and eyeliner who sing in beautiful harmony. That sounds, well, like, that sounds like something I'm not eating. Sometimes you just know you're done. You're longing for that shining sun. You walk these streets most every day. You're waiting to get washed away. I'm so into this idea. The phoneless vacation is now a thing. Yes, the phoneless vacation is now a thing. How much will it cost you? What exactly does it involve? We'll get into all that after we roll through what remains of the news. What else is going on? Funkhauser? Oh, man. I, I got to wait till the end of the show to hear about that. Well, you know. Yes. I live in a cell phone. At the phone, end of the show, uh, we'll talk about phoneless vacations. I live in a phoneless household because I live in a cell hole. Have you ever lived in a cell hole? It's very annoying. Do you have a landline? I do have a landline just because I live in a cell hole. I um, I moved into a building that wasn't a cell hole per se, but like the place that I have in Houston is like this. It's this concrete mirrored glass thing. Meaning, a cell phone signal will in no way, shape, or form penetrate any of the units in the building. Looks great when you got a cell phone, not the smoothest move. So, it, it didn't really matter because every single, every single, you pay for like internet and cable, and that includes a phone line. So, every single room, kind of, or room, every single apartment in this complex came with a landline. So, there I was, like the 90s, like an episode of Friends, like an episode of Frasier or Seinfeld, you know, checking my messages when I got home. It was a weird, weird thing. But, while it wasn't a cell hole, it would be this situation. Ring, hello? What? Hello? Hold I get terrible service here. What? Who is this? I, I, I'm, I'm going to call you back from my landline. I feel fine. Thank you. I'm going to call you back from my landline. So, like, that would happen. Every single call I got on my phone, I would hear it ring, and I would scream down the phone. Like, that made a difference, that I was going to call them back from my landline. And it was a terrible thing having a landline because the whole sort of telemarketer thing, telemarketer thing if you have a landline, that's still alive and well. Do you experience that in your home now? Uh, yeah, because I, I live with um, older people who uh, have called the number <laughs> on the uh, 
when you know when the spam pop-up thing happens on the computer it's like you have a virus call this number well i live in <laughs> really yeah good old pop there went oh i better call this number and uh <laughs> Hey, you guys! At five thirty in the morning, somebody's gonna call. And, That's uh, you know. Give me a password. I just, I would just. <laughs> oh my God! Really? Uh, uh, I would just like to point out what an <laughs> what an analog experience that was that your dad had. Like, because here's the thing: usually, when they go after your data or when they go after you in some way, shape, or form on the internet, it's to get you to click on a link that's gonna do something nefarious to your computer your dad actually fell for something that said and by the way if they could figure out how to make people do this regularly it would be the goose that laid the golden egg but your father actually saw a phone number pop up on his screen (laughs) went got a phone probably wrote the number down took the time to write the number down and then called it there's so many steps between that and taking his money like your average millennial if you try that scam on them they'll lose interest super quick (laughs) like not only will they not fall for it but they'll just get bored in the middle of the process be like wait what was i doing i don't know i'm gonna make a sandwich like the fact that your father followed through makes that the most analog scam i have ever heard of that's pre-digital genius there the way i found out was like my dad was logged out of his computer and he doesn't know how to do that (laughs) so i'm like hey what's the What's going on there? He's like, oh, someone's in there. I go, who's in there? <laughs> the only time someone should be in there is when it's company IT. Like occasionally on my computer, I have people in there. You mean someone's go, oh. on my home network right now? <laughs> like up in my admin and all? Oh, man. Oh Millennials' heads are exploding right now. Yeah. Yeah. But old people are one. like, well, what's the problem? I called that. I got, this, I got this one friend, right? I got this one friend who is a record person. His job is to call me and try and get records played on the radio. But he's become a buddy, and he also happens to be a huge Los Angeles Dodgers fan. Now, you live in Los Angeles, Funkhauser, so you might be aware of the fact that um, you can't watch Dodger games in Los Angeles on TV. You can't watch them all. They're blackout days. Yeah, yeah. there's a, a lot of them are blacked out. Like, And you've got to pay yeah. for some crazy package to watch. You can't watch Dodger games on local television. It's this big thing in Los Angeles. People don't understand. They think it's crazy. And in effect, it is. So, I mean, that's sort of how I learned Spanish back in the day. Because uh, sometimes Dodger games were only carried in Espanol. Right. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. I was like, well, there's... There's a website that uh, a buddy of mine uses to watch games that are blacked out. Um, it's this one. I like. I don't use it, but I, I hear it works well. And I give Site him the. Yar. I, I give him the the website address, and I was like, "Here's the thing. Don't click on anything else. Just you know, like just the game, just the game." And he's like, "Hold on, it's telling me I got to clean my registry." I was like, "Don't click it." He was like, "Oh, it's running a scan." I was like, "What'd you do?" And in like two seconds, his computer was completely locked up, and I was just like, and. So weeks later, he's like, I want to watch a Dodger game. And I think he he might have like he had to take his computer into the shop. He managed to jack the thing up so fast. He was like, I want to watch a Dodger game. What was that website again? I was like, don't do it. Don't just don't do it. Just pay. Well, the first site you go to and he was, is he was like, oh, wait, I have it. He was like, I have it written down here. And then he was like, oh, wait, it's telling me again. I got to clean my registry. So let me clean my registry. He was like, no, it happened to him. And this guy is really smart. 
this guy's really smart and he's not that old but there's certain there's something there's something about technology to people not all people but some people of a certain age where it's just like how do you not understand this you're one of the smartest most intuitive people i know yet you hit the registry cleaner spam twice like it's because it's so bipolar for them i mean think about it you go to the car wash and you sign with your finger on an iPad. So you trust you trust computers there, but when you get home and you can't go on your favorite dot com because you're going to a dot yar, a pirate site. <laughs> is that actually a thing? Dot I, yar? I wish. <laughs> it I is wish in my it head. Too. <laughs> <laughs> dot yars, uh, dot yar. Dot shiver me timbers. Um <laughs> So, Every game, you know. You know, what I think I hate the most about the cyber scam stuff is the fact that it preys on human emotions in a devious and horrible way. Yeah. Like a buddy of mine, he was like, sorry, I sent everybody a virus. Don't open it. Don't whatever. And I was like, would you would you click on dumbass? And he was like, it said someone is in love with you. And they sent it to me the day before Valentine's Day. And I'm single and I got sad and I clicked on it. And now I gave everybody a virus. And now I know why I'm so very alone. I was like. Yeah. Leave the stimulation to the professionals. Everyone is so smart. KBRC, more stimulating talk radio. There's something happening here, and you should know what it is. <laughs> the dumbing up of America. Now, more AD on the radio. Did you, um, and we will talk about the phone free vacation a little bit. Did you hear Jay Farrow do his Shaquille O'Neal impersonation? No, huh? <laughs> so good. He's, he's just, dude, there's something magical yeah, it was about just being able an to extra speak like in a movie person, uh, with, with Jay, Jay Farrow. Farrow in it, right? Yeah. That's why I brought it up. Did you um? But he did didn't you talk do his. To him? He didn't do a shack. No, I have a pretty good shack, but not as good that's as a, Jay Farrow. That's a terrible shack. Oh, I mean, not really. Well, well, we get it. It only works in, on mine in context. You're a football. It's a good sport. <laughs> that's it. Terrible. Hold it. Let's listen to Jay. It's Farrow, as good Jay as your is. Kermit. Oh, my Kermit has gotten so much better. <laughs> My walk-in, still not very good. Listen, I'm on the show right now. The show's amazing. It's a fun show. It's a good show. And I'm going to tell everybody's here. And I love it. I love this jacket. I love what you're wearing. I love what you're wearing. I love what he's wearing. He's wearing. Everybody's wearing. It's a great okay. okay, wait a second. Now do yours again, Funky. Was, was he on Wendy Williams? It's like, uh, uh, love, love your show. Uh, been on the show. No, he was on. Uh, re, uh, he was on. Yeah, mine was better. Ryan. Let me hear yours. Uh, football, a good, good sport. Uh, uh, Ferrari, drive Ferrari. Uh, it used to be on the Lakers. Okay, now listening back to back with you and Jay Farrow, I yeah, take mine it back. Was you're, better. You're, 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 I, <laughs> Come on, Jay Farrow. <laughs> Step up your Beavis. game, son. Better, I don't know yeah. about, but it's yours was competitive. I'll give you that. Step yours up your was. Game. <laughs> Look, we can add Joey Lawrence to the list. Um, he's also a Toys R Us kid. He's filed for bankruptcy. Oh, how sad was that? How sad are you to see um, 
Toys R Us go away. Oh, I cried. I really did. Because the, uh, they did a whole thing you can find on YouTube from the, um, from the woman who wrote the jingle. I don't want to grow up. Blah, blah, I'm a blah, Toys blah, R Us kid. And she added a, a, a verse to it. Um, and it's it's uh, that that's what got me. I was like, oh, there goes another piece of my childhood ripped away from me in my 30s. You know, I mean, here's the thing. Like, how do you like to shop in the year 2018? How do you like to shop? If you are like me and Funkhauser and the vast majority of the people I've spoken to about this, the way you like to shop in the year 2018 is from the comfort of your living room couch, probably in your underwear, probably covered in Cheeto dust crumbs, ordering whatever the hell you want to be delivered directly to your front door in a matter of minutes on your phone. That beats the hell out of the old school way of getting into your car, getting on the highway, dealing with traffic, dealing with people who, ugh, especially in places of retail, are the absolute worst. Getting what you're trying to get, schlepping it through the parking lot, putting it in your car, struggling to get it up the stairs, and then having it. No, no, you'd rather do the whole eating Cheetos and ordering stuff on your phone thing. So it's understandable that these brick-and-mortar stores are going out of business, but it doesn't take the sting away that kids of a new generation will grow up without Toys R Us. <laughs> a buddy of mine, um, his parents, it's the best scam freaking ever. Until he was about eight, he thought Toys R Us was a toy museum. So you'd like, you could go and you could look and see, but like, it's not like they were for oh, sale. Oh man, the most genius thing ever. I'm writing yeah. that one down. That's great. Oh man. Uh, yeah, that's very cool. Well, you know, now like, you know who's playing with us, like Joffrey? That's a, that's that's uh that's what you get for uh letting a giraffe do your taxes. <laughs> well, you know who's interested in bought, at, like taking over the 450 stores throughout um, Amazon, America. right? They're going to use them yeah. as fulfillment centers. Yeah. Amazon's treat playing with us like Jeffrey. <laughs> like with our. I wonder emotions. if it's going to be like what they did with CBGBs, where like. That clothing designer, well, I can't remember his name. Some clothing designer bought CBGB's legendary punk rock venue that launched the careers of Oh, it didn't the close down? I thought it totally closed down. Somebody well, so they, they closed it and then they turned it into kind of like a punk rock museum slash store. It's still like a retail space. So they did something to kind of preserve the integrity of the space. And I think occasionally, John Varvatos, John Varvatos bought it. I think that's who it was. Oh. And he actually has a record label. So I think sometimes you can go see John Varvatos' bands play at what used to be CBGB so they sort of vaguely preserve the idea of the whole thing so I wonder if like the Amazon fulfillment centers are going to have like you know hey if you like this toy buy it on Amazon <laughs> like you can go and look at it and order it on your phone it is the new way of life it just feels so cold you know uh, can't go in yeah. there and play with a rubber ball anymore you got to Find one Do you think that you shop more or less since oh, the internet more. era? Way it's more. Way more. It's it's oh, wait, it's hold made on. you well. I don't know about that. That's a hard comparison hmm. because there there is some like excitement to going to the mall and, and oh. you know like buying a bunch of stuff back in the oh, day. I hate that. Oh my god, that's the worst. I've never never once have I made a trip to a mall and enjoy it. Except for when I was like 12 years old and really going to look and hang out, look at girls and try and talk to them and hang out with them. Like when you're 12 and trying to meet other 12-year-olds, that's the time that you enjoy going to the mall because that's your little and you know with malls closing down left, right and center, you've removed an interesting piece of social structure 
in America. That sort of like reality with training wheels, like much in the same way that college is real life, but not real life where, you know, you're not completely responsible for stuff, but you're a little bit more responsible than when you lived under your parents' roof. That's what the mall was like when your parents dropped you off at the mall, it wasn't like they were letting you out to the real world. For some reason, it felt a little safer, a little more protected. And so it was this, it was this, not all of us got dropped off. Some of us had to wait till we get, till we got our uh, learner's permit. Oh, I didn't get dropped off. My parents were, my parents were very much of the opinion that if I wanted to go somewhere, I was going to get there on my own steam. I had a bike. There was a bus stop. There was a train station. I lived in England. That's where the best public transportation is. If I wanted to go to a mall, I could figure out how to get myself to a mall. But when I went over to the other kids' houses, I was like, oh, wow. You mean they just drop you off at the mall? Like other kids' parents would drop us off at the mall. And it's that weird thing. It's, it's like, once you remove that, it kind of takes away the training wheel aspect of learning how to navigate the real world. Like I got some money, not much, but enough to where if I, I lost it, that's a life lesson to be learned. I'm going to go purchase food and eat it like a restaurant, but not really a restaurant. Like it, it's uh, there, it's economics, it's social structure, it's perhaps learning to talk to females or or guys, whatever the hell it is you're into, potential love interests. There's so many life lessons that were learned by kids at the mall when they were 11, 12, 13 years old. And And, and that's about to go away. Like you don't get that lesson at home on your couch on your phone is the sad part. The convenience level is freaking fantastic. You can pay for it though, I guess, for, for a monthly fee. And they get like points so that you can talk to girls more. But, you know, growing up in Southern California, there was a lot of outdoor malls and whatnot. So it was a different experience for me. Outdoor malls aren't as safe. I, like, if I was a parent, I'd feel much safer dropping my kid off in a bit. And this might be a completely false economy, by the way. I'm that's not a parent. I don't I have a kid, a- so I've never really inspected it. But I would feel safer if I was dropping my child off in an enclosed building. Than- that's geological. Totally geological. Yeah. I think. Yeah. You, sir, have never been to Westlake. No, I have not. What's in Westlake? It's where Blink-182 did their uh, music video for, uh, oh, man, the, the like M&Ms or something, like a really early one, like one of their yeah. first videos. But, yeah, it's oh, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, outdoor mall. Yeah, always 74 degrees. Nice. Uh, rapper Trey Songs surrendered to the LAPD to face charges of domestic battery for allegedly punching his date at a party. Hmm. Did they also charge him with a couple counts of impersonating Chris Brown? <laughs> did Chris Brown file a dude, copyright infringement ba- lawsuit? <laughs> did you see that baseball player dude in in the oh, stairwell? The, the minor league guy? Like, yeah. I, from what, what country was he from again? And then, like, whose farm Terrible system was he in? USA? <laughs> no, like... Raised I, by wolves? I don't know. I don't know. I did I see remember. it. I can't remember who he played for. Yeah, a horrible human being. Just no, I think freaking... he was for, like, a real team. I don't think he was working for AAA, double A. He was... I. Uh... He was also on another thing. Like, he, he lost both of his things once that came out. Oof. Let me slap you in the face and then put your your glasses back on you. Yeah, he was a minor league guy. Yeah, well, but he that, was in the farm that's system. That's true. What team was he playing for? Oh, I don't care about that. It commercial. doesn't matter. I've, he got fired yeah. from that team. Moving on. Yeah. 
Moving on. Hey, do, do the other thing about bankruptcy. Tell them who filed for bankruptcy. Which one? I'm look. I'm trying. Oh, uh, did Joey Lawrence? We talked about that already. No, we talked about Toys R Us. We got so distracted by the sadness of Jeffrey the giraffe. No oh, yeah, we never got the Joe. Oh, that's right. Joey Lawrence has filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, you can add Whoa. him to the list. Whoa. <laughs> Joey Lawrence. That's surprising. I mean, like, who who knows how no, the hell this not. sort of stuff works out? Well, I mean, there's look, so many TV channels. How his residual the, checks are like four cents at this point. I, I like, guess I, used, the, I hung out with David Faustino and asked him those questions. Bud Bundy, I'm like, oh, yeah. do you still make married with children money? And he goes, oh, sort of. But you could tell he's, you know, come on. It's on like <sighs> the fourth or fifth channel. I don't know. I, I would have imagined. I guess the '90s sitcom money didn't hold out like we it would expect it to. While, maybe like maybe Blossom, years. but he was on like multiple shows. You know, like he was on what was what was the thing with the, the uh, Sabrina the Teenage with Joey and Melissa, him and Melissa Joan Hart or something like that. The guy had like numerous sitcoms <laughs> and hit records back in the day. Well, I, I didn't see his MTV Cribs, so I don't know what he did, did with his money. But well, I guess it's gone. I guess you know, good rule of thumb. Here, here here's a tip. Banks, credit card companies, other financial institutions, maybe, maybe moving forward, don't expect a ton of fiscal responsibility from a grown man who still refers to himself as Joey, I guess is a lesson we learned here. That's, uh, well, there you go. Whoa. Continue. Uh, that's it. You should get to your thing. Oh, the thing about the thing and the thing? Yeah. The, uh, the cell phone free vacation, Uh, which like... If only. Let's daydream for a second. Well... I bet by, by the time you finish talking about this, uh, all, all of our audience's cell phones will go off at least once. Ding! Yeah, probably. Apparently, we're like so addicted to our phones that when we go on vacation, we need to pay someone. We need to pay. This is, this, this is where we're at. We need to pay someone to force us to leave our phones at home. There's a new travel company called Off the Grid, and they sell phoneless vacation packages. When you go on one of their trips, no phones are allowed, and apparently all of the vacations are sold out like lickety-freaking split. Almost immediately, they sell out. The trips cost a little bit more than what the trips would cost through a normal agency. Like their eight-day tour of Portugal would be 1800 bucks for two people versus 1700 through a Groupon deal for the same tour. But if you don't have the discipline on vacation to leave your phone at home or stay off the hotel's computers to check your work email, maybe they're a good answer. You know what? Along with, you know, baguettes and delicious cheese, this is an excellent idea that the French had. You know, <laughs> do you know that in France, it's now illegal for your boss to email you after work hours? Like Ugh. if your boss, yeah, 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 pretty cool, right? I, I'm all in favor of that. Oni, oni, on, sign me up. I'm on dot yar watching a movie. I can't be disturbed. A lot of apparently, a lot of people apparently don't have this discipline. According to a new survey, sixteen percent of people say they could never bring themselves to totally unplug on vacation, and another forty-three percent doubt they could. You just have to have an emergency service. Like here, I'm going to give you my phone, but if someone's dying or something's on fire, you got to promise to tell me. Then I'd be all in. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. 
It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.